0: This is 5G Talent Talk with Kerry Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at Kerrycharles.com. And now, here's Kerry Charles.
1: As we speak, 5G networks are being deployed across the U.S. But there's a problem. The rollouts are being stalled by the massive shortage of workers. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr said that the U.S. 5G rollout will require 20,000 tower technicians. And in January of this year, the U.S. Senate Committee gathered to tackle this 5G dilemma, and the message was loud and clear. There is no solution in sight. There simply are not enough workers to build the infrastructure for 5G. Today I have with me Todd Schleckaway, the Executive Director of NATE. National Association of Tower Rectors. Todd attended the Senate committee hearing and is here to share his thoughts on this 5G workforce dilemma. Thanks for being with us today, Todd, on 5G Talent Talk.
0: It's a pleasure to join you today, Carrie. Thank you.
1: So, Todd, tell us more about Nate.
0: You bet. Nate Carey is a national trade association that was founded in 1995. So, we are actually celebrating this year our 25th uh, year anniversary as an organization. And um, through the years, NAID has evolved as the industry evolved. And so today we have 920 member companies uh, from all 50 states, and then we have some members in 13 different foreign countries as well. And our primary membership category, um, whom the organization was founded for, are the the contractor companies carry that that build, deploy, maintain the macro towers, the small cell infrastructure, and any anywhere? What we like to say anywhere, there's connectivity, and so um, you can about imagine our member companies are on the front lines anytime you know deployment phases happen, and uh, they're the ones who employ the boots on the ground to and in the air, so to speak, to to make it happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: So, Todd, what are the challenges in recruiting tower techs and foremen? And um, let's talk a little bit about the barriers to entry as well.
0: Yeah, great question, Carrie. I can tell you in my job uh, there's not a week that goes by where I don't get a phone call or email from a company asking, Todd, do you have any ideas on how we can hire more workers? And um, it's just a a recurring theme. And when it comes to the challenges, um, you know, two specific barriers to entry, I will tell you right off the bat that I hear often are, uh, you know, you can have a prospective worker come in, a prospective technician worker come in and check all the boxes, but if they're not willing to work at Elevation Work at heights, and if they're not willing to travel, oftentimes extensively, those are sometimes the, the two areas that that seem seem to be the largest hurdles to um, bringing a new employee on uh, as a technician. Now, with some of the changing, uh, evolving nature of the industry, you know some of the work in urban areas, suburban areas you know, it can be done in bucket trucks, in the right ways So some of that's changing a little, but I can tell you, Carrie, that from talking to a lot of our small business owner owners who are members of NATE, that the heights issue and the travel issue are two area barriers to entry.
1: So Todd do you think that these companies are turning away work right now because of this?
0: Absolutely. that's another topic that's discussed frequently in NAIT meetings. And, you know, I hear that often, you know, we just don't have the additional workforce, the additional power crews to take on more work. We're slammed the way it is with our, with our builds and, and what, what, what it's looking like moving forward. So yeah, that's absolutely the case.
1: So are we losing people to other industries? Or is there competition for the same workers? And if so, what industries?
0: yeah I would say, Carrie, in a situation like the United States finds itself in right now where the unemployment rate is, is very low. It's a, it's a very a strong economy, a tight labor market. Um, we are competing with all of the other construction trades for that same pool of workers. and you know we are not general in, uh, construction in our in our industry. We have some unique challenges. And so I would say any of the construction trades are are competitors to attracting uh, that pool of workers um, that is that is somewhat limited.
1: Todd, do you think that higher pay is enough to, to get them over to our side?
0: <laughs> yeah, in some cases, uh, you know, I think um, I've heard a lot of stories about Carrie, you know, you can be a start as an entry-level technician, work your way up the chain. And, you know, a lot of these these men and women can can be in the six figures um, in relative short fashion if, if they're good at their job and they're skilled and they're willing to put the time in, on the road and travel and work overtime. There's a lot of economic opportunity. Now, with that said you know i'm not saying that our industry stacks up side by side with some of the other trades we're competing against either you know we may not i've read some reports where we're not we're not matching some of those other industries so that's another area that that um i think the, we need to examine further but you know typically in a situation where you have a, a low supply and a large demand you know the wages are going to rise but um, we have a unique industry, as you're well aware, with the uh, customer base being, you know, you know, three to four national carriers and, and some of the prominent vertical realtors. And so, you know, I, I talk to a lot of our members who really are diversifying their customer base so, so that they're insulated in a lot of different um, situations.
1: So I like that you said men and women. Is a uh, you know women is that an untapped source for companies for recruiting? Um, have you heard anything about companies um, recruiting more women into this field?
0: Yeah, great question, Carrie. I can tell you that there has been a, a, a increase in even the number of women tower technicians who are coming into the industry. Um, there's more room for growth there, but uh, Nate. Several years ago, started a Women of NAID program, and it it started as a, a mentorship program to kind of pair veteran women in the industry with with younger women coming in um, who are on in our side of the, our our niche side of the industry. And um, that has now grown, and the Women of NAID are really doing a good job, um, kind of walking alongside our association's uh, workforce development efforts. So, um, yeah, it, I think. You know, we're seeing more women um, technicians, but we're also seeing, Carrie, um, on the, the, the contractor side, there's more and more uh, women-owned businesses who are uh, majority-owned. And um, we just elected a new uh, woman-owned business owner from a company in Michigan to our board of directors. So that's a priority for Nate because we need to be diverse just like the country's diverse.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, the companies need, as you said earlier, Todd, they need hundreds of crews and they're struggling daily with this challenge. Is there anything that leaders can be doing differently or better to attract and retain these tower techs?
0: Well, another great question, Carrie. I think admittedly uh, the trade associations in this industry are, um, Really starting to gain visibility um, and gain a platform, Nate being one of them, and there's others as well who are doing a great job. We, I think, the industry for far too long has not done a good enough job talking about the career pathway, pathways that exist in our industry. It's not a, it's not just a job. There's a career progression there for for a, a, a potential worker it, it, if they want to get into this industry and so there's so many opportunities that are out there and um, i think one thing that we are working on as well is we need to do a better job of getting into the high schools and and telling our industry story there because um, oftentimes when when a, a student graduates from high school you know they kind of have their plans picked out and so i think we can we have a great story to tell with this industry and everyone uses their smartphone and their iPad and their, all their technology. And these kids are more savvy than anyone, but we got to go in and tell that story, create marketing materials. Uh, and then we'll get into it in a little bit here. I want to talk about what we're doing to, we need to get more programs carry at the um, community college, technical Institute levels. Because what that does is those programs will then help you market your industry through their, through their recruitment and enrollment outreach. So uh, those are two areas I'd pinpoint, greater marketing, telling the industry story and the career pathways, and then community college technical level programs developed specifically for our industry.
1: And you know Todd you said something brilliant which is high schools and I do believe that we need to start younger and younger. There's a trend now for kids not to go to college and to look at trade schools and you know not get into to all of this debt so I think there's a huge opportunity at high schools as well.
0: I couldn't agree more Carrie. and interestingly enough Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, whose previous background before being a United States senator was a, he ran a, a large manufacturing facility in the state of Wisconsin. He had some great comments at the hearing in late January about, you know, we all and he was even pointing to his colleagues in the, the U.S. Senate. We all need to tell do a better job of of talking about the value in going um to, to these schools. and oftentimes those type of schools, the community college, the technical institute programs carry, their programs are aligned to the needs of the industry and and so and they have the ability to develop and adapt and create programs that align to the needs of the industry. And so I really appreciated his commentary during the hearing uh, that we participated in.
1: You're listening to 5G Talent Talk. I'm with Todd Schleckoway, Executive Director of NATE, and we are talking about the tower tech shortage and some solutions. So Todd, it's not just tower techs that are in demand. I read that some 800,000 small cells need to be built by 2026. This could call for as many as 100,000 new workers. So what solutions do you see here just all across the board to what's being called now a workforce crisis.
0: Great question, Carrie. Um, you know the the fact that a lot of the the five G is based on the, the small cells being deployed in on street furniture and urban cores, on street lights, on small light on small poles in ways the the skill sets are different too and so you know what we're finding with Nate is a lot of times you'll see our our member companies in the urban and suburban areas of the country are are doing both the small cell and the macro towers work and they have likely to have crews that are dedicated to each some have crossover crews that can do both and then the the our members in the more rural areas are more conventionally the macro-tower-based focus. But when it comes to solutions, um, boy, we are, we are trying to do our part. Uh, and, you know, we've never had as much visibility as an industry. And, you know, whether it's having events at the White House, <laughs> the FCC commissioners, two of whom are, are have climbed communication towers, have visited small cell sites who are giving a platform and spotlight to this industry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I wish we had a magic wand. I, I, I'm happy that there's a lot of collaboration going on now with some of the trade organizations who are really active in this space, WIA, NAIT, um, and some others. But it's just, I view it as an all-hands-on-deck uh, endeavor that we all have to collectively try to solve.
1: So in in your personal opinion with all of this new visibility, the platform that this subject has right now, do you, do you think that it's going to be different in a year or 18 months from now that it's going to be better?
0: Yeah, I think I think we're going to be making inroads, Carrie. I just it's it's a long it's a long play though. I mean, we this is a long game approach. I mean, we're trying to just, you know, get slowly get workers um, trained, get the scale, and I'll give you some examples. The NAID has a board seat on the Warriors for Wireless organization, and they are now <clears throat> each year they're starting to scale a little more with their graduates, and so they're off to a great start now. We have an advisory board seat on the TIRAT program, the telecommunications industry registered apprenticeship program. They now have over 2,000 apprentices being trained in that program, and we're hoping that that's going to get to scale. Uh, and then we are uh, really excited about a uh, community college program that just started. was getting ready to start in March here at Southeast Technical Institute in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That one is pattern carry after the, the successful program at Aiken Technical Institute in South Carolina, and there's some other programs in the early stages of development. So, if you fast forward a year to 18 months, some of those programs are up and running, hopefully it'll kind of just perpetuate and and will we'll start to slowly attract more workers into the industry through those programs. So, But I guess I would say it's going to be incremental progress and it's a long game approach that we're all playing on this.
1: I'm just curious, has Nate taken a look outside the U.S. at other countries, what they're doing to to solve their workforce issues when it comes to building out 5G?
0: You know, we we, not that in depth, Carrie. We do have... um, a really good relationship with a, an organization in Canada that is similar to Nate called STACK Structures Tower Antenna Council, and we also have 24 member companies from this from the country of Canada. So, you know, Canada a different. Um, you know, they only have 35 million people in their country. The demographics are obviously a lot different when it comes to the geography of the country, and most a large percentage of their people live within. Hundred miles of the U.S. border, but with that said, you know they, they don't seem to be having as many issues on the workforce side as we do. But again, that's an apples to just comparison. So, no, we have not really done uh, a lot of extensive research into that. I will tell you, though, that interestingly enough, on the broadcast repack uh, work that's going on, carry as a result of the incentive auction that that that. Where the carriers, the wireless carriers, acquired all this um, valuable 600 megahertz spectrum, the last three years or so, there's been a lot of work on the tall broadcast towers. And interestingly enough, there's there's crews being um, coming into the U.S. to help with that off from Eastern mm-hmm. Europe. And, and so I can give you that little anecdote as as supplementing our workforce, um, and that's a whole other conversation because right. the, the, the tall the tall tower broadcast work. Is a is a different animal altogether. Those crews are specialized specialists in what they do.
1: How high are those towers?
0: Yeah, the broadcast towers Carrie, can range anywhere from a thousand to two thousand feet. Wow! And uh, and it's a, just a different um, it's a different skill set. You know, your traditional wireless technician. Can't isn't equipped to to work on a broadcast tower.
1: Right, right. So, Todd, what is ahead for Nate in twenty twenty? What new initiatives and plans do you have up your sleeve?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for asking, Carrie. Uh, well, as long as we're talking about workforce development, I'll start with this. We uh, hired a consultant uh, to commission a kind of a strategic plan that would provide more focus for Nate's workforce development efforts. So, we just got the plan back. Uh, Our consultant's going to be meeting with our board of directors in a couple weeks here, presenting it, and we're hoping to implement some of the early early phases of that plan. Um, So, that's kind of exciting, and, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is there on this, and uh, so that's exciting. Uh, A couple other things I'd like to mention. We have uh, federal training grant from the department of labor this year's grant we're offering a uh, free wireless rooftop deployment training uh in 12 cities around the country so that's an exciting uh initiative that we have going and then um in may Carrie, we're hosting our second annual uh, dc fly-in event so we bring members to dc and they advocate for our industry uh Policy and legislative proposals, and and, and it, with their respective congressional delegations. So last year we had our inaugural event. This year we're having our second annual member fly-in. And many of the bills that we're going to be advocating for are workforce development related. So we're we're really trying to impact through the grassroots process proposals that we think would would help our industry. Um, grow and flourish. And then the last item uh, I'll mention, we are, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have this Women of Nate program that's really taken off. They are hosting their first um, Women of Nate Leadership Summit. It's a conference uh, in Chicago in April. So we're excited about that, um, Mm. creating more visibility through that as well. So it's just a busy time, as you know, Carrie, and uh, we're excited about what's in store for 2020.
1: That's exciting, Todd. Let's uh, I know that Nate has a special conference coming up in February to celebrate 25 years and we will be in attendance from Broadstaff. So, can you tell us a little bit more about Nate Unite and also where our listeners can register because I know that's coming up right around the corner.
0: Yeah, Carrie, we're excited. So, Nate Unite 2020 is our 25th anniversary conference. It's going to take place February 17th through the 20th in Raleigh, North Carolina. And many of your listeners are well aware that the Raleigh-Durham Research Triangle is really kind of a a hub for our industry. Uh, There's quite a few small uh, vertical real estate power companies based there. There's some prominent industry engineering firms there, NC State. Um, produces a lot of graduates from their engineering program who work in our industry. So there's a lot of intellectual capital that comes out of Raleigh, Durham. And they're also doing some innovative things, by the way, on Smart cities. So we're excited. I think some of the themes anyone who would attend our show will notice would be, number one, workforce development. That will be a prominent theme through some of our sessions and discussion at the show. Uh, the evolving nature of the industry will certainly be a theme. Uh and, and that'll manifest itself by going to the educational sessions, walking the trade show floor, uh, you know. And then we always try to have our keynote speaker be um, have a local tie to the area. And so we're excited to have Kyle Petty. He's from the first family of NASCAR, the Petty family. He has quite a story and a motivational uh, speech that he gives. So we're excited to have him serve as a keynote. We're also going to have FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr on hand. And he's really uh, appreciated our in our industry for the visibility he's given uh, the workforce issues. So, yeah, we're all really excited about it. And uh, anyone interested, it, you can still register. Uh, you can even register when the show starts. Go to our website, www.natehome.com, and you'll be able to find the uh, Nate Conference tab. And, and you can register exclusively online.
1: Todd, this has been an insightful conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us on 5G Talent Talk.
0: Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate the visibility you're giving these issues through this. Uh podcast that you're leading. So I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Of course, of course. And thank you for being with us today on 5G Talent Talk. We're sponsored by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. You can connect with me anytime at Carrycharles.com And please remember to subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you on the next episode.
0: You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at carrycharles.com.